0: i'm christian esguera and welcome to this episode of after the fact where we get to see things quite clearly and we get a better sense of the truth let's begin by dissecting the news the most direct impact of our choices whether good or bad during elections is felt at the local level in the very communities where we live in you pick a competent mayor for instance and expect meaningful programs and services for the next three years but choose a bad one and you'll suffer for years to come We've seen this with how local governments have been handling the COVID-19 pandemic. Some commendable, others forgettable. Tonight, welcome to our special series on candidates running for local positions in the 2022 elections. We'll look at the issues and all politics as local. President Rodrigo Duterte and his family have controlled Davao City for nearly 35 years. Duterte served as the city's mayor for 22 years, taking a three-year break from 1998 to 2001 when he became a congressman, and from 2010 to 2013 when his daughter Sara took over. He replaced his daughter again for one term before running for president in 2016. Sara Duterte initially sought re-election in 2022, but not to the surprise of many, withdrew her candidacy for a third consecutive term. She's now running for vice president. But this, does this now mean that the family is now giving up the Bow City? Duterte's youngest son and current vice mayor, Sebastian, he will try to replace her as mayor. But among those standing in their way is a former Duterte ally and congressman who decided to come out of retirement to challenge the Dutertes for the mayoralty in 2022. Be part of our discussion, send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANCAfterTheFact. Joining us now is Attorney Rui Elias Lopez, a former Davao City Congressman who is running for mayor against Sebastian Duterte. Good evening, Attorney Lopez, and thank you for joining us on the program. Good evening, uh, Christian, and good evening to your viewers. Okay, I understand You've already retired from politics. Your last uh, term in Congress ending in 2007. So why did you decide to run again? This time for mayor and challenge the Duterte's.
1: Well, uh, the in the past elections since uh, 2010, the there were no uh, opponents of the test for every election 2013, 16, and 2019, and now the time free from my responsibilities as parent, My children have already uh, finished their uh, education and are still have their own lives now. I have so much time free that I can that I can uh, uh, offer it to serve the people of Davao. That's why I thought of putting my name as a alternative for the people to have a choice of who will be the next mayor of Davao City.
0: Okay, but how important is it for you to make sure that after 2022, it would be a different name as far as the mayor of the City is concerned. Of course, your preference, preference is that you would win. But the idea of making sure that the Dutertes would no longer control power in the City, how important is it for you and for the people of the City, you think?
1: Well, it is uh, important for me so that I can show to the people that there is a, uh, if you there's a new way of uh, administering the local government in Davao City, not the way that Duterte have been doing it. And for the people of Davao, at least now they could see the change. They can compare now uh, with the kind of service that uh, like me and my father have done for the city. And I'm just following his footsteps. The way we serve the people of Davao City, which is different the way the do Duterte uh, govern and uh, uh, run the city
0: uh, operations. Okay. Basically, the what's the difference? You're talking about your father, uh, the, re- the late mayor, uh, Elias mopes a former mayor of the Baw City for many years. What what basically you think is the difference? What is it, the Duterte kind of governance and what kind of governance are you trying to offer to the people of Devao City? Well, during
1: the time of father, there was no issue about corruption. There was no issue of power. There was a lot of uh, done in the city. There were visions for uh, the city. My father had the vision, uh, future vision for the city. So he did a lot of things like uh, doing like the diversion road now in Davao City that was done during the time of my father. And uh, now the city benefited very much for that putting up that diversion road in Davao City. There are a lot of things that uh, my father, uh, uh, people, uh, the government, uh, there was no, I would say uh, the, the city government, there was no issue about uh, delay in a, approving building permits or anything like that. It's all very done efficiently because my father is a kind of, they say strict, my father kind of
0: strict. And uh, in some ways, I'm also like that. But that was your father. So what, you, what can you offer as the one running for mayor? Yes.
1: Uh, well, now that uh, there's a new, double city now is a bigger and more modern city compared to my father. So, but there's still a lot of things that the city needs. That is why if I, uh, if I'm um, able to win as a mayor I'll put up, uh, for example, like a city hospital and put up a, uh, establish a city college which are not, which has not been done by the Duterte's
0: administration in their 35 years, uh, running the city. Okay. Of course, warts and all, no administration can be considered perfect, but I think there's uh, there's also a congruence in terms of um, opinion that under the Duterte's, despite the Duterte dynasty, the Vau City also progressed under their term. So, for people who are espousing that kind of mentality or perspective toward the Duterte's, what would you tell them? Why should they vote for you and not keep the Duterte's in power? Oh, well, yes. Uh, there are a lot of also things that, of course, when you have been,
1: when you're the mayor for 35 years or your family have been uh, running the city for 35 years, uh, it's unavoidable that uh, they, they have done a lot of things also. So, those things that are good for the city. If I, for example, if, I, if I'm if able, if I win in the next elections and become the mayor, those things I will continue. And if there's room for improvement, I'll just improve that. But those things that are, that are not that good for the city, that those
0: things I, I want to continue and do it in another way. What are these things that you're referring to? Basically, earlier you mentioned the other the type of governance. What are the things that you find objectionable? and which you promise to change if elected objectionable well
1: um the, the the administration as I see it personally this is my opinion I don't know if the city double city the double seen the same way as I see it I see it that uh, the way that the Duterte administration has been running the city is a part of it is to continue their perpetuation in power. So they do this by uh, with the uh, contractuals no, in Davao City Davao City has a now budget for 2 billion for contractuals 2 billion that so many people no I don't know if they are, do if they are really working but the people are saying to me that these uh, these uh, contractuals are actually they call that quota here in Davao City are spread around to their leaders, like, say for like barangay captain has five quotas. He can recommend to the city five people to work as contractuals. And then these five people will, ro- will work in the barangay. But I don't know there's, there are others saying that uh, some are not working, some are ghosts because uh, the COA report said something like 11,000 ghost employees in the city. And these are contractuals.
0: So what so, they intend to do with this, assuming that they are, this is true, that there are indeed 11,000 those employees, what they intend to do with them and uh, the contractual employees at the city hall?
1: Well, contractuals are for purposes when the the those with plantilla, those are regular employees of the city. If they have, there's a project that the city has to do and then these uh, regular employees are not sufficient enough to to execute and implement the project, you hire contractuals. And after the the project is finished, then there's a time for you not anymore to hire the contractuals. In other words, it's just like a seasonal employee for a specific specific purpose. But the the what they have been doing is these contractuals are hired the entire year, whether or not there's a project or not. So in, if I were to, I will only hire contractuals when there is a need for it, so that the money that was spent for payment of these contractuals can be used for other purposes. Like for example, if I if I if I reduce the number of contractuals, then the money may be free, can be allotted to pay for, let's say, like uh, doctors and nurses if I have to if I will be able to test a in uh, city hospital.
0: Okay. So, let's go. Let's uh, go back. Okay. In, uh, okay. Let's go back in history for for a bit here. Your family, you yourself, used to support the Duterte's right politically. You, you used to be political allies, and your father was instrumental uh, in yeah. helping jumpstart the political career of President of then uh, Fiscal Rodrigo Duterte. Yes. So, what happened along the way?
1: you asked me, Christian. I'll say this is my personal opinion. During the time that my father was alive, I would say uh uh then mayor Rodrigo Duterte was doing what normally the mayor mayor does, no, not much issues and uh, uh, this not 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 much uh, um, I say anomalies or anything that is irregular because my father was there sort of like a uh let's say but something that because Rodrigo Duterte respects my father.
0: What was so he, that was, was, your, was your father a mentor to then mayor Rodrigo Duterte?
1: A mentor yes in running the city hmm. uh, because when when my father when my, my father was a congressman my father's congressman during that time and Duterte was the mayor every time my father comes home from Manila after sessions, uh, in Congress, uh, uh, they have the recess or during the weekends when my father comes home to Davao, uh, president Rodrigo Duterte usually comes to the house and bring, uh, uh, hard drinks and, uh, pollutant. And then he will consult my father of certain problems in the city and what he has been doing. They talk about how Duterte was running the city. It's only Duterte, it's not my father asking him. It's just, uh, you know, he was a uh, kind of mentor in that case because when there's a big problem that uh, Mayor Rodrigo Duterte kind of had the difficulty of understanding what it is or
0: how to solve it, my father would give advices. Okay, so in the first place, so, some, sort of some sort of a mentor to then Mayor Rodrigo right. Duterte. Right. But, but how exactly did your father uh, help uh, start? or ease in uh Rodrigo Duterte into politics. Papanik Simulaya. Oh siya. he was not east in it. Uh, to, 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 to try politics, to join politics. Yeah.
1: Um because Rodrigo Duterte was uh, appointed officer in charge during the Edge during the revolutionary government. No? Yeah. So so kind of for six months he was the vice mayor but they have a misunderstanding with the OIC vice mayor, and that's why Rodrigo Duterte is resigned. And then after that, there was a call for elections in 1988. And then in the call of elections of 1988, Rodrigo Duterte offered to help my father if my father ran for mayor. But my father doesn't want anymore to run for mayor at the time because he had the double bypass. He said that uh, he will die if he still continues as mayor because that's a really hard, uh, difficult job being the mayor of a city like Davao City. So okay. their group, my, father, my father's group had no candidate, had no candidate. Uh, together, his group was with Landring Almendras, Senator Landring Almendras, and uh, former assemblyman, and now became a congressman, non garcia of the second district. They didn't have any candidate. So my father said, if you don't have a candidate, I have a candidate. And then they say, who will be your candidate? And then he called Rudy Duterte who was there at the back in that meeting, including me, I was also there at the back and all the others. And then he said, "Uh, Rudy, come here. So Rudy came, talked to my father and said, "Uh, Rudy, you file your uh, candidacy for mayor tomorrow. And then Rudy Duterte said, sir, because he was only there as a volunteer to help my father, but my father doesn't want to be a candidate. But my father said, tomorrow you file your certificate of candidacy. And then, uh, and then he said, when Rudy uh, when Duterte didn't understand it, my father said, a bugado, huh? so you know how to file? You file tomorrow. And then the Rudy said,
0: Yes, that started. And, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Looking back, did you get the chance to speak with your father when he was still alive and somehow assess or talk about certain regrets, if there were any? Uh, regarding that help that he extended to then fiscal Rodrigo Duterte over the kind of mayor and leader that he became? Or kayo mismo, nagkaramang regret regarding that?
1: No, no, no. I mean, uh, no. Because my father then, when uh, Rodrigo Duterte became the mayor, my father became a congressman, my father was more or less focused on being a congressman. So even I, I was a chief of staff my father when he was a congressman for one and a half years, and we just left to the city, running the city, to Mayor Rudy Duterte. And my father is always saying this, because when there were certain groups, civic groups in Davao city, when there were killings already, there were killings already starting to have killings already in Davao city of uh, criminals and drug addicts. The civic organization went to my father here in the house and then uh, told him that, uh, uh, this, this is a problem in the city. And the, the mayor, Rudy Duterte, should do something about it. And then my father said to them, you know, I've also been a mayor before and I don't like people telling me what to do. So my father said, I wouldn't tell Duterte what he has to do. That, because I was a mayor. Oh. Yes.
0: But, but you personally, since uh, you used to be allied with the Duterte and then there was a falling out. Um, looking back, Somehow, do you feel regret? May parang panghihinayang na, bakit nga ng father to ito sa no, patente? No, no. no. Sa politika? no Even no. what's happening now? Walang ganon. Oh, uh, now
1: What's happening now? Well, I would say, uh, because at that time, I didn't know that uh, he was that kind of person. May I keep... But when my father died, that made the really difference. Because this time there was nobody really, uh, I should say param. because when my father was alive, Rudy Duterte was sort of behaved. But uh, after my father died, the politicians told me that uh, better watch out for Rudy Duterte, magwala yan, and which he did. The disappointment came when, when, when we were both congressmen, 1998, to 2001, we were all right. And then when he returned back to run for mayor against the incumbent, Ben Guzman, who was also our within our own group in 1998, all, all the others were supporting Ben Guzman, the incumbent. But me, I'm the only one who supported Rudy Duterte at the time. I was the only one who supported him in 2001 in his return back as mayor, and we both won. Rudy and Rudy mine, I was the only one who helped him okay. among the politicians in the world. So I was redeemed. So, you know, we were doing our, I did my, I'm doing my job as congressman and was as mayor. Okay. What really started it, when that idea of dynasty, that really, really, I did that, in a in sense to me, that crossed the line.
0: Okay, talk to us what happened there, the falling out with the Duterte's. Again, what, what? Talk to cost? us, what happened? Ano yan? 2007.
1: So okay. when, when he chose Sarah Duterte, who was a new graduate, inexperienced to be the vice mayor, I said, uh, I wouldn't bring, I wouldn't bring my father's name na That's wrong. That's wrong. Anong
0: sabi, anong sabi ni then, Mayor the
1: Ay, gusto niya so sabi ko, well, kung gusto mo, sabi ko, I will bring my father's name in that, no? then I have, we have to go separate ways.
0: Was that a bitter parting uh, at that time? Oh yes, of course. So, I mean, course. nag-uusap pa na Matino o talagang yeah. hindi naging maganda yung paghihiwalay?
1: And then, usap kami, dalawa, in After Dark, in his bar here, usap kami, and then sabi ko, uh, ng, mayor, sabi ko, So, I thought only once, once na gagawin because he wanted Sara Duterte to be the mayor, that's what he told me. So, 2010 came, yes, Sara Duterte ran for mayor, yun na kandato. And three term na Duterte, what did he do? He ran for vice mayor. So, that one, I said totoo talagang they will now maintain themselves in power like a dynasty. So I have to talk to then Speaker Boy Nograles. I told him uh, we must stand against this kind of uh, uh, politics in the world. And I was able to convince Speaker Nograles. We fought against and we campaigned against uh, we fought against the Tempest and then we we campaigned, but we lost, both of us, me and Speaker Nograles. So after that. And,
0: politics. and now you're, you're staging size, a comeback. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the timing now. You're running against uh, Sebastian Duterte, a, a newcomer as well, as far as elective position is concerned. But when mm-hmm. you filed your COC, you wanted to challenge Sara Duterte, but um, she decided to reconsider and now she's running for vice president. Let's talk about the timing of your candidacy, of your challenge against the Duterte. Is it a better timing now compared before?
1: Oh, yes, of course.
0: Yes. Do you because see any particular now, opening for you to be able to defeat a Duterte for the mayoralty? Yes. Because uh, if you run
1: against, look at the Dutertes. Uh, the president, is a opponent as a politician. Sarah Duterte was an incumbent mayor. When you run against an incumbent mayor, you really have dejado ka Incumbent yun eh. And then for, his, for a third term. So, but the, Sarah Duterte decided to run for vice president. And to replace her, she chose the younger brother, Baste, who is the incumbent vice, vice mayor, to run as mayor. So, in a sense, the, the seat of the mayor is now open for anybody. Because there's the no incumbent.
0: Do you consider this as a weak point for the dutertes weak point
1: in a sense that uh they fielded some kind of inexperienced uh politician because when sebastian duterte ran for vice president vice mayor in 19 in 2019 uh, he was unopposed he was unopposed so he has not undergone the test of getting the will and mandate from the people you're not under, because you, when you are a candidate when you run you you run through that test you will experience it yourself you 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 will say that how to uh, tell people what you're going to do and convince them that you will be that you that you they choose for you but in the okay. case of Baste, he has no experience in running that way so i would in say his case well yeah Inexperienced
0: as a politician. Okay, he's inexperienced. So he, okay, so, so he is inexperienced. But again, you're not just running against Sebastian Duterte, you're running against the Duterte brand of politics yes. in the Davao City, right. which is now on its 34th year, 35, right. 35, 35th year next year. No? So, right. what's your advantage over Bastia Duterte, and how can you defeat that Duterte brand? In a, uh, it's like, I don't know, I don't know with the
1: others you know, politicians in this in the country, I don't know. But in my experience, in my father's experience also, when you're a candidate, two things, basic factors. One is the candidate himself and the other is his political machinery. Now, when you talk about, uh, let's say, Baste Duterte, there is the political machinery, but the candidate is a kind of Compared, compared to my qualifications and my experience, I think I'm a lawyer and have experience and have been uh, served, have served the people also, and have and have campaigned, have been a candidate, campaigned and have won in three elections. So in that case, I'm more or less in a, uh, my, I have an advantage over Basce Duterte, but. In the other factor, in political machinery, he has the advantage. So, in an but, but election, in an election, two factors, main factors really count. The candidate, himself the machinery, and the machinery. Kung but magaling yung machinery mo, hindi, mo yung, hindi mo yung kandidato mo, there's no certainty of winning. Kung kahit magaling kandidato mo,
0: okay. masyder, there's no certainty of winning. Okay, you're talking about your advantages in terms of qualification over Baste Duterte. You you have a, an extensive background uh, as a former congressman, and of course a long-time lawyer, and he is uh, considered as a neophyte in, um, in an elective post, but he has the machinery. But do you think your advantage in qualification would be enough to at least even things out when it comes to his advantage over machinery? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think so. Because people also...
1: I have trust in the people of Davao. The people in Davao also think. Hindi sunuran mga yan. That's why I trust them. Gan- ganon ang Davao. Ang tagadabaw, nag-iisip din yun. nag din yun. That is why they also look at the qualifications of the candidates. Even though, even though the, the formidable political machinery of trust. But ultimately, it's not the political machinery that will elect the mayor, it's the people of Davao. That is why I have trust and confidence that the people of Davao will also think okay. on who to choose.
0: Okay, because of, course, la- of, the, la- to okay. of course, later in the series, which will run in, uh, until the uh, election campaign next year, we'll try to get the Duterte's on board as well to talk about their own uh, candidacies and the, the challenge posts coming from candidates like yourself. In the meantime, before we end, I, I, I have two more points to to, to discuss here uh, with you, Attorney Lopez. Number one is the um, the observation that somehow, again, we talked about timing earlier, right? And I, I ask you whether you consider this as a weak point for the Duterte's. Do you think this observation has merit? The idea that what happened to the Stratus in 2019 could also be something that could happen to the in 2022 with the way they have been stretching themselves in terms of elective posts that they are seeking. I don't know what happened to the Estradas, but yes. Everyone, everyone lost in 2019 except for a lone counselor. Yes. So the Estradas because... lost in Manila, the Estradas lost in San Juan. They are a few months short of uh, the 50th anniversary of the Estradas in power in San Juan, but they were defeated. Well, yes, I I, I don't know about
1: that, but there's a difference now, because it's Sarah Duterte, she's running for vice president, and President Rodrigo Duterte is running as senator. So they will also have to campaign in the entire country. They will not be concentrating on Davao City. The Davao City is left to Duterte, who is running for mayor, and Polong Duterte, who is running as congressman, so instead of four of them, Double City as the political machinery, only two of them there in Double City. So okay. that's a difference. There's a difference. I don't know how big it is, that okay. uh, that difference is, but
0: definitely it's a difference. Okay. Because By least, speaking of uh, Paulo of the Duterte, the other Duterte, the elder brother. Uh, who is seeking re-election as first district congressman in 2022 is also facing uh another serious challenge um in uh maria Mag- victoria maglana. max maglana okay max maglana okay so are you two somehow in some sort of an alliance to defeat the detertes in 2022 yes
1: i i i was the one who approached uh, uh max maglana i said uh why don't we join our, our our political organization, our campaign machinery in the first district. Because uh I said, you're running against a Duterte. I'm also running against Duterte. We're running against the same political machinery. And both of us, I should say, I have to admit it, that uh we don't have that much resources. We're not we're not rich. We're not I mean, we're just you know wanted to serve the people. So I told her, if you combine our resources, we can cover much bigger area. So, uh, and, uh, in fact, uh, Christian, it was only yesterday that, uh, the camp of Max Maglana agreed to join forces with me. It was only yesterday.
0: Okay. Attorney Rui Elias Lopez. Thank you very much for joining us tonight on the program.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Christian for inviting me. Thank you very
0: much. We're going to take a quick break. After the fact, we'll be right back.